Chapter Six of *The Road to Oz* by L. Frank Baum. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Six: The City of Beasts. When noon came, they opened the Fox King's basket of luncheon and found a nice roasted turkey with cranberry sauce and some slices of bread and butter. As they sat on the grass by the roadside, the shaggy man cut up the turkey with his pocket-knife and passed slices of it around. "'Haven't you any dewdrops or mist cakes or cloud buns?' asked Polychrome longingly. "'Course not,' replied Dorothy. "'We eat solid things down here on the earth. But there's a bottle of cold tea. Try some, won't you?' The Rainbow's daughter watched Button Bright devour one leg of the turkey. "'Is it good?' she asked. He nodded. "'Do you think I could eat it?' "'Not this,' said Button Bright. "'But I mean another piece.' "'Don't know,' he replied. "'Well, I'm going to try, for I'm very hungry,' she decided, and took a thin slice of the white breast of turkey which the shaggy man cut for her, as well as a bit of bread and butter. When she tasted it, Polychrome thought the turkey was good, better even than mist cakes but a little satisfied her hunger, and she finished with a tiny sip of cold tea. "'That's about as much as a fly would eat,' said Dorothy, who was making a good meal herself. "'But I know some people in Oz who eat nothing at all.' "'Who are they?' inquired the shaggy man. "'One is a scarecrow who's stuffed with straw, and the other a woodman made out of tin. They haven't any appetites inside of them, you see, so they never eat anything at all. Are they alive? asked Button Bright. Oh, yes, replied Dorothy, and they're very clever and very nice, too. If we get to Oz, I'll introduce them to you. Do you really expect to get to Oz? inquired the shaggy man, taking a drink of cold tea. I don't know just what to expect, answered the child seriously. But I've noticed if I happen to get lost, I'm almost sure to come to the Land of Oz in the end, somehow or other. So I may get there this time. But I can't promise, you know. All I can do is wait and see." "'Will the Scarecrow scare me?' asked Button Bright. "'No, because you're not a crow,' she returned. He has the loveliest smile you ever saw, only it's painted on and he can't help it. Luncheon being over, they started again upon their journey, the shaggy man, Dorothy, and Button Bright, walking soberly along, side by side, and the Rainbow's daughter dancing merrily before them. Sometimes she darted along the road so swiftly that she was nearly out of sight, then she came tripping back to greet them with her silvery laughter, but once she came back more sedately to say, There's a city a little way off. I expected that, returned Dorothy, for the fox people warned us there was one on this road. It's filled with stupid beasts of some sort, and we mustn't be afraid of them, cause they won't hurt us. All right, said Button Bright, but Polychrome didn't know whether it was all right or not. It's a big city, she said, and the road runs straight through it. Never mind, said the shaggy man, as long as I carry the love magnet, every living creature will love me, and you may be sure I shan't allow any of my friends to be harmed in any way. This comforted them somewhat, and they moved on again. Pretty soon they came to a signpost that read, 
Half a mile to Dunkyton. Oh, said the shaggy man, if they're donkeys, we have nothing to fear at all. They may kick, said Dorothy doubtfully. Then we will cut some switches and make them behave, he replied. At the first tree he cut himself a long slender switch from one of the branches, and shorter switches for the others. Don't be afraid to order the beasts around, he said. They're used to it. Before long the road brought them to the gates of the city. There was a high wall all around, which had been whitewashed, and the gate just before our travellers was a mere opening in the wall with no bars across it. No towers or steeples or domes showed above the enclosure, nor was any living thing to be seen as our friends drew near. Suddenly, as they were about to boldly enter through the opening, there arose a harsh clamor of sound that swelled and echoed on every side, until they were nearly deafened by the racket, and had to put their fingers to their ears to keep the noise out. It was like the firing of many cannon, only there were no cannon-balls or other missiles to be seen. It was like the rolling of mighty thunder, only not a cloud was in the sky. It was like the roar of countless breakers on a rugged seashore, only there was no sea or other water anywhere about. They hesitated to advance, but as the noise did no harm, they entered through the whitewashed wall and quickly discovered the cause of the turmoil. Inside were suspended many sheets of tin or thin iron, and against these metal sheets a row of donkeys were pounding their heels with vicious kicks. The shaggy man ran up to the nearest donkey and gave the beast a sharp blow with his switch. "'Stop that noise!' he shouted, and the donkey stopped kicking the metal sheet, and turned its head to look with surprise at the shaggy man. He switched the next donkey and made him stop, and then the next, so that gradually the rattling of heels ceased and the awful noise subsided. The donkeys stood in a group and eyed the strangers with fear and trembling. "'What do you mean by making such a racket?' asked the shaggy man sternly. "'We were scaring away the foxes,' said one of the donkeys meekly. "'Usually they run fast enough when they hear the noise which makes them afraid.' "'There are no foxes here,' said the shaggy man. "'I beg to differ with you. There's one, anyhow,' replied the donkey sitting upright on its haunches and waving a hoof toward Button Bright. We saw him coming, and thought the whole army of foxes was marching to attack us. Button Bright isn't a fox, explained the shaggy man. He's only wearing a fox head for a time until he can get his own head back. Oh, I see, remarked the donkey, waving its left ear reflectively. I'm sorry we made such a mistake and had all our work and worry for nothing. The other donkeys, by this time, were sitting up and examining the strangers with big, glassy eyes. They made a queer picture indeed, for they wore wide white collars around their necks, and the collars had many scallops and points. The gentlemen donkeys wore high-pointed caps set between their great ears, and the lady donkeys wore sunbonnets with holes cut in the top for the ears to stick through. But they had no other clothing except their hairy skins, although many wore gold and silver bangles on their front wrists and bands of different metals on their rear ankles. When they were kicking they had braced themselves with their front legs, 
but now they all stood or sat upright on their hind legs and used the front ones as arms. Having no fingers or hands, the beasts were rather clumsy, as you may guess. But Dorothy was surprised to observe how many things they could do with their stiff, heavy hoofs. Some of the donkeys were white, some were brown or gray or black or spotted, but their hair was sleek and smooth, and their broad collars and caps gave them a neat, if whimsical, appearance. "'This is a nice way to welcome visitors, I must say,' remarked the shaggy man in a reproachful tone. "'Oh, we did not mean to be impolite,' replied a gray donkey, which had not spoken before. "'But you were not expected.' nor did you send in your visiting cards, as it is proper to do." "'There is some truth in that,' admitted the shaggy man. "'But now you are informed that we are important and distinguished travelers. I trust you will accord us proper consideration.' These big words delighted the donkeys, and made them bow to the shaggy man with great respect," said the gray one. You shall be taken before his great and glorious majesty, King Kickabray, who will greet you as becomes your exalted stations." "'That's right,' answered Dorothy. "'Take us to someone who knows something.' "'Oh, we all know something, my child. Or we shouldn't be donkeys,' asserted the gray one with dignity. "'The word donkey means clever, you know.' "'I didn't know it,' she replied. "'I thought it meant stupid.' Not at all, my child. If you will look in the Encyclopedia Duncaniara, you will find I'm correct. But come, I will myself lead you before our splendid, exalted, and most intellectual ruler." All donkeys love big words, so it is no wonder the Grey One used so many of them. End of chapter 6